how we get through what we're going through. Come on, y'all. How we get through what we're going through. How many of you know we're going through some stuff, right? How many of you going through some stuff? Raise your hands. Come on, don't be a liar. Yep, we going through some stuff. Our state, our city, our communities, our individual lives, we are walking through some stuff. So how are we going to get through what we are going through? Let's read just a few verses from the second book of the Bible called Exodus together. Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. Uh, We're going to read just a few verses to start. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. This morning, I want to speak to you on this subject. We are all in this together. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Come on. We're all in this together. Let's pray. Lord, I pray as we dive into your word that it would change not only our mindset, it would change our actions. I pray, Father, that there would be something that happens, a transference from, Lord, your word to people's hearts and spirits, that we could walk out of this place understanding how close you are. We could walk out of this place encouraged. We could walk out of this place knowing that you are God and we are not, and that we are all in this together with you and with each other. In Jesus' name, everybody said How many of you ever played a childhood game called Red Rover? Raise your hands if you ever played a childhood game. Most of us in the room, if you didn't get a chance to play Red Rover, I'm so sorry you had a broken childhood, but but Red Rover is simply a game where what you did is you would would divide up into two teams and you would link arms with your teammates. Uh, Some some people maybe uh, played the game where you held hands with teammates. Uh, We played the game, we were stronger than that, where we actually linked up arms uh, with each other. And then what you would do is you would say, Red Rover, Red Rover, and then what would happen next? Send, send so-and-so over. And so, and then they would come rushing over, and the whole goal was to be strong enough to break the chain. And if you could break the chain, then... They would pick somebody else, and they would go over to that team. If you didn't break the chain, then that person who wasn't able to break the chain actually joined the stronger team. It's an illustration that we can go back to our childhood to understand a concept that we are much stronger when we are together than we are when we stand by ourselves. Hello? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 Verse 12 in the message version of the Bible says this, by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. In other words, when there's one of you, it ain't a good situation. When there's two of you, it gets a little bit better. By the time that there's three of you, come on, somebody, we strong. But somehow, here's what happens as we grow up and as we move into adulthood, and as we become the good Americans that we are, Americans are known for being independent, for being strong. We're known 
as people, and especially here in Louisiana, we're known as people that we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Praise God, we got through Katrina. We can get through Ida, you know. We, we are known as people who work our way out of things, and we are independent, and we are strong. And the reason why I know some of you are like that is because I called some of y'all this week, and I said, how are you, and what is going on in your house, and how can we help? And 90% of those of you that are in this room said these words, oh, I'm good. I don't have much damage. It's just a few little things and I'll take care of it. There's more important people to worry about than me. And there's pri- higher priority than me. And then what I did is I drove by some of your houses that told me that. And I saw trees on top of houses. I saw situations where I went, no, they're not good. They do need us. Listen, y'all, we have this concept that is totally unbiblical and that is also very unrealistic that we can stand strong independently, that we don't need each other. But I'm here today to tell you that's not only unbiblical, it's also unrealistic. Hello? We need each other. We need each other. Listen, even the lone ranger had Tonto. Even Batman had who? Robin. And you can be Batman. That's okay. We'll be Robin. We need each other. And I just got to tell you that Hurricane Ida came through here and devastated our community. It not only devastated our community, it devastated our lives. There, there are some of you here in the room that, have, that, are, that are walking into homes that are being gutted. There are others of you here in this room that have, still have things that you're trying to clean up and trees that you, some of you can't even park in your driveway right now because a tree is blocking the driveway. Some of you can't even drive down your street yet because they still haven't come and cleaned up that street. I don't want to ask if there's anyone in the room that still doesn't have power because you're probably a little bit bitter at this point. But all of us in this room are facing not only a physical battle with what Ida came and did, how many of you know we were already in a battle called COVID-19? Hello? We were already in an intense situation. And then Ida comes through here, and I had a pastor from California tell me this week, he said, man, we're having a hard time with COVID-19, and, and, and attendance is low, and things are hard. And then he said, I just have been reminding myself as I've been seeing your social media posts this week, I sure am glad it could be a lot worse. I could be Wayne Northup in New Orleans facing a hurricane. I mean, we're going through it, y'all. And it's not only a physical battle, it's a spiritual one as well, hello? It's a battle for our minds. It's a battle for our hearts. It's a storm that has settled over our souls. And I want you to know something. Your battle will be won or lost according to who is standing next to you. Your battle will be won or lost according to who is standing next to you. I used to tell, when I would speak to students, I would say, show me your friends, and I'll show you your what? Your future. Who's standing next to you? Listen, I want you to know something, and I want you to hear me really clearly. It's important that everyone in this room digest what I'm about to say. If you are a part of Saints Community Church, I want you to know we are standing next to you. We are walking with you. You are not alone, y'all. You are not walking through what you're walking through alone. 
We have now, at the time that we filmed that video, we had over 411 requests. That number has, has skyrocketed now. We're well above 500 requests. But I want you to know, as we partner with Samaritan's Purse, I want you to know something. We have what's called high-priority people. And high-priority people means it doesn't matter if you just called yesterday and there's 500 other people on the list. If all you have to do is say, I'm from Saints Community Church, and when we find out you're from Saints Community Church, guess what happens? You skip over the 500 others on that list, and you go right to the top. Why? Because you're a part of a local church body that loves you, that cares about you, and that is going to help you. Hello? We're going to walk with you. We want you to know that you're not alone. It was funny. We were working on somebody's house uh, right after the, the storm came through, and, and their neighbor came out and, and looked at the, the person's house that we were, we were working on on top of their roof and, uh, and said, man, how'd you get people here so fast? And they said, it pays to be a part of a local church, right? But there's truth in that, y'all. And not only are we partnering with you, but we also have a partner that is literally a game changer not, not just for this church, but for this community. And their names are Samaritan's Purse. And they're on our property. I want you to know something. They could have gone to a lot of places. They chose to partner with our church. And we're honored to have them. And I've made some new friends this week, and I've heard some incredible stories, because you got to know Samaritan's Purse is not only about helping people get their home contract ready. They're also about making sure that people know that God loves them and leading as many people in our community to Jesus as possible. And at this time, I'm going to ask my friend Christy to come and to share one of the amazing stories that has already happened this week. Would you give her a hand as she comes?
Come on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Come on, give my friend Christy a hand. We're not alone. Now, we got to run through this story in Exodus together. Let me give you some background to what's happening here. There was a, a group of people called the Israelites in Exodus that were in slavery for many years under a group of people called the Egyptians. 
God sets them free, and literally they begin to go out into the wilderness, and they begin to wander the wilderness. Not for months. They wander the wilderness for years. And all of a sudden, as they're wandering the wilderness, they begin to whine and complain. Is there anybody that knows somebody in your family, a friend, somebody in your life that is a professional whiner? Raise your hands. Yep. Yep. Listen to this. I want you to hear this whining, and we're actually going to read this from the old school King James Version of the Bible, because I just like the the whining sentence that this says. Here it goes. Exodus 17, 3. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Come on, how many of you that stayed and did not evacuated found yourself whining just a little bit to the Lord, right? You didn't have power. You were thirsty. You were, man, you needed water. I, I, I waited in a FEMA line for an hour and a half for two bags of ice, y'all. We, we were going through it, just like the Israelites were going through it. And then something happens in their journey, in their story. Now, you got to remember, this is not a couple hundred people that are wandering through the wilderness. This is two and a half million people that are wandering through the wilderness. And when you've got two and a half million people wandering through the wilderness, eventually you're going to bump into somebody else's territory. And they bump into this group called the Amalekites. And the Amalekites get mad that they are now in their territory, and they decide we are going to actually declare battle on the, these people, the Israelites. So Moses asked his uh, partner in crime, somebody that would become the leader of the Israelites later on, at this point, he's Moses' assistant. His name is Joshua. He says, hey, I need you to put together a team, a squad, a group, an army of people together to fight this group called the Amalekites. Listen to this, Exodus 17, verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Now, here's what you got to know. This group that they put together to fight this army of Amalekites, this Israelite group was not a bunch of Navy SEALs. It was a bunch of rag, tag, can't even fight, don't even know how to hold a weapon, don't know what day it is, don't know what time it is, and they sent these, I mean, listen, I would look like a warrior next to a lot of these people, okay? Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I do not operate power tools. There is one power tool that I could do some damage with, okay? Actually, two. The first one is a leaf blower. I can operate a leaf blower. I know exactly what I'm doing with the leaf blower. I can, I mean, I can get them into a nice pile, but you do not want to put a chainsaw in my hand, hello? In fact, these, this equipment that's up here, when I asked the, the, the team to, to give some of this equipment, their first question within 10 seconds of me saying, hey, I need a bunch of power tools on stage, Justin Pennock, our head deacon, looked at me and said, you're not considering operating any of those power tools, are you, Pastor? I don't know how. But I do have a second weapon. If you put a phone in my hand, I can do some damage with a phone. Hello? So all I... my. My line of work stops there. I, I, I have not been on top of roofs. I'm the debris guy, okay? I'm really good on the ground getting uh, you know, leaves bagged up and, 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 and pulling branches and all of that. 
But you just got to know that these people that are fighting this battle, they're not even as skilled as I am. They can't even handle a leaf blower, y'all. They don't even know what to do with the phone. This is the group that's going to go out and try to win the battle. But while they're out fighting this battle on the ground, let me tell you what's happening up on the mountaintop. Look at this, Exodus 17, 10 through 11. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Wait a second. We got a group that's fighting a battle down the hill, and the leader and a couple of his guys are up on a mountaintop, and here's his strategy. I'm going to hold this stick in the air, and as long as I hold this stick in the air, we're going to win this battle. What, is, what stick is this? Well, some of you may remember this stick. This is, Aaron's, or this is Moses' staff. This is the same staff that God showed him when he was called to help people in front of a burning bush that he threw down, and it turned into a snake. This is the same staff that when, when the, the Pharaoh would not let the people go, he, Moses threw it down, and then Pharaoh had his snakes, and Moses' snakes ate up Pharaoh's snakes. I would have loved to have been there. Hello? This is the same staff that turned the Nile River into blood. This is the same staff that, that, that literally struck the rock at Horeb and water happened. It's the same staff that parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could go through on dry ground. It's the same staff that literally, when Moses put that staff over the Red Sea again, it drowned the Egyptians that had followed them. In other words, this staff is representative of God's power. And here's what we got to understand. The events that happened on the mountaintop were just as important, if not more important, than the battle that was happening on the ground. Hello? See, here's what I want to help you understand as we go through these next few weeks and months and however long we, we have to rebuild together. I want to tell you that there are actually two tools that we've got to use. The first tool is our work. Everybody say work. It's our work. I'm just, they told me not to grab this one right here. And I told them I wouldn't start it, but, they, but Justin said, no, I, you're not allowed to grab it, Pastor. So I am in direct rebellion and disobedience against my head deacon right now, and I like it. This tool represents our work. It represents the fact that we've got to cut down limbs, that, that it represents the fact that we have debris that we've got to clean up. It represents the fact that we have so much that we've got to do, that we've got to rebuild and use these kinds of tools to help rebuild our homes and our community, to help rebuild the, the places that have been hit hardest by Hurricane Ida. But I have to tell you that there, are not, there is not just that tool, there's other tools. I think this is called a... <clears throat> A bar, okay? What? Why? What? A crowbar. That's what I meant. We've got to use a crowbar. I don't know for what, but it's, it's got to be used, okay? We've got to use a shovel. We have all of these different tools that, 
God is get, that God is so granted our city even by bringing Samaritan's purse here. We've got to use nails. I learned this week these are roofing nails that you tarp a roof with. That doesn't have anything to do with the sermon. I just want to tell you I knew that. And uh, we, we've got all these, this equipment and all this stuff, and we've got to have equipment in our hand. We, we, oh, yes. We've got to have, we've got to have this. In our hands. We've got to wear this. You're only supposed to wear this when you're handling a chainsaw, and they won't let me handle a chainsaw, so I'm wearing it now. Okay? We've got to wear this. We've got to use this equipment. We've got to do all of this. But I, I, I have to tell you, listen to me closely. I need you to hear me, and I need you to write this down. We've got to not only work, we've got to worship. Your worship will help win the battle, not only your work. There are two postures that we've got to have as we rebuild the posture of work and the posture of worship. And they go hand in hand, our work and our worship. Our work is saying, God, we're going to do everything we can do as if it all depends on us. Our worship and our prayer is, God, we know that we can't do it. we got to have your help. We worship you. We praise you. We pray. God, it is in your hands. Come on, somebody. I want to encourage you. This is not the time to try to fight this battle with your own strength and with your own work and with your own energy and with your own strategy. This is the time to worship like we've never worshipped. This is the time to pray like we've never prayed. Listen, Moses found this out the hard way because in his younger years when his faith was not as developed and he was not mature, he actually killed an an Egyptian because he saw some mishandling of stuff that was going on. He thought he he could do it by himself, but he learns in his later years that he's got to change his posture. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to change your posture. Your posture can't just be a posture of work. Your posture has to be a posture of worship. It has to be a posture of prayer. You have to go, God, I'm going to do everything I can. I'll volunteer for Samaritan's Purse. I'll clean up my own driveway. I'll help my neighbors. I'll do what i got to do. Lord, but I want to worship you. I want to pray because I understand it really all depends on you. Hmm. How many of you had a mom that used to tell you things like, Stand up straight. Come on, how many of your moms said, stand up straight? My mom said, stand up straight. Because they understood the posture of your body matters. This week, we went into my friend Henry's house, Mr. Henry. If you don't know Mr. Henry, he's the guy that plays, uh, is it Congos? I always get it wrong. Bongos? Yeah, those things right there. And he is one of the most... He is one of the kindest, gentlest, incredible human beings I've ever known. And we went into his house to work this week. We had a crew that uh, is actually having to gut his house, literally take everything down to the studs. So they're demoing his house. I had gotten there after our crew started, and when I walked in, to the only room that we're not demoing, here's what I discovered when I walked in. He was actually sitting down, and he was reading his Bible, and he was praying. His house is being demoed, and he's reading his Bible and praying. 
They're gutting his home, and he's reading his Bible, and he is praying. And my first thought was, wow. And my second thought was, Lord, when I grow up, that's the kind of man of God that I want to be. That everything around me is a storm, is a battle, and they're working all around me, but Mr. Henry understands the posture that he has to have during this time. Mr. Henry has the posture that we've got to follow his example where we are worshiping and we are praying and we understand the battle that's happening on the mountaintop is just as important as the battle that's on the ground. Come on. We've got to have a posture of worship, not just a posture of work. And there's one other thing I want to say before we close. Exodus chapter 17, verses 12 through 13. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone, they put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. There are two things that verse 12 in this passage that really stand out. The first one is Moses understands that it is God who is going to bring the victory. It's God who is going to win the battle. The second thing that we see in this passage is that the leader of the people, the leader of the Israelites, over two and a half million people that he's leading, he grows tired. He's worshiping there on the mountaintop while the battle's going on on the ground. And he grows weary. He gets exhausted. And his arms begin to come down. How many of you have felt in your spirit, maybe at least once, maybe more, over the last few weeks, you felt in your spirit like your arms were beginning to come down. Come on, raise your hands. I have. I'll be honest. Yeah. He's physically tired. He's emotionally exhausted. He's mentally exhausted. He's spiritually exhausted. It's not that he lost his purpose. It's not that he didn't understand what he needed to do as he worshiped and he prayed. It was just simply that he was tired. He was exhausted. And Aaron and her recognize that Moses needs them. And the Bible says that they literally held his arms up and said, you may be tired, so we're going to help lift your arms for you. Listen closely. The next few days, weeks, months, you're going to find yourself physically tired, emotionally tired, financially tired, spiritually tired, mentally exhausted. And you've got to understand that you need friends in your life that understand their purpose is not only to help lift trees off your house. You've got to have friends in your life that understand that they're not only a good listening ear, they're not, they're not only there to give good advice, 
You've got to know that you need friends that understand their main role in your life is to make sure that you are spiritually strong and to lift up your arms in worship and to say, we're going to make it because we have Jesus. We're going we're gonna to lift up our arms. When you're tired, I'll lift up your arms. When I'm tired, you lift up my arms because we're going to stay spiritually strong as a community, as a church. We are going to lift up each other's arms. Standing solo is not as strong as partnering in prayer. Who are your prayer partners? You've got this church. We're behind you. We're partnered with Samaritan's Purse. They're behind us and behind our community. But who did you call when you evacuated? Who are you calling now to saying, to say, here's where I'm at. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's what I need you to be praying about in my life. That's the reason we have small groups, y'all. Small groups are not just the cute thing that we do to try to, you know, be relevant. Small groups are what we do because it's a family, hello? Because those six or eight or four or three or ten or however many people that you have, they're your family, they're your community, they're your prayer partners. If you're not in a small group, listen, before you leave, put your phone over that QR code and, and you can sign up right there. Just, t- just say, I need a small group. This is a time when even though it may feel like we don't have time to be in small group, look this way. You don't have time not to be in small group this week. Hello? You need that hour. You need that hour and a half for people to pray with you and to help lift up your arms, to help you understand that you are not alone. Elder David, could you come on up? Justin, could you come come here? Just put down the bass for just a second. Heather, could you come on up? Just stand over there for me, Heather. Riley, could you come on up? Riley had a birthday last week, by the way, y'all. Eddie, could you come on up? I'm not very strong. I don't consider myself a strong person. But I am surrounded right now by two of not only the strongest spiritual, and I mean not only the strongest physical men in my life, but spiritually strong, mentally strong, emotionally strong people. And I got to tell you, when I'm surrounded by these two, I know that no matter what comes, I can face it. So Heather, you represent Hurricane Ida. Red Rover, Red Rover. 
send Hurricane Ida right over. Come on, girl. Come on, y'all. Hurricane Ida ain't getting to us. Riley, you represent the financial distress that is caused in our lives. Some of us have been out of work. People uh, have been out of income. Uh, they were already struggling with the, with the pandemic. Now, an even bigger struggle, okay? And so you represent that. Red Rover, Red Rover, send financial distress right over. Come on. No financial distress is getting to us, y'all. Eddie, you represent everything else, okay? So you better, you better bring it, okay, because it's a lot. It's a pandemic. You represent a pandemic. You represent emotional things. You represent grief, loss, death, heartache, a lot. And so I'm actually a little scared on this one, okay? I feel like I might have chosen the wrong guy. Red Rover, Red Rover, send everything else right over. Come on. Come on. Ain't nothing else getting to us, y'all. Eddie, turn this way all together. This is our church. This is us. We're standing together, y'all. We are not alone. We're with you. We are together. God's going to help us. God's going to get us through. But we are with each other. We're going to worship. And we're going to work. And we're going to make it through this season. We're going to make it through this time. God's going to help us. Moses lifted his hands and won the battle. Jesus lifted his hands on the cross and won the battle for our souls. 